Good afternoon and welcome back to episode 7 of Chambers FM. This is your host, Mr. Chambers. Um, excited to be back on Wednesday. Um, it's been a pretty busy morning. I went out, got a run, uh, had a couple Zoom meetings this morning with um, my ELA people and a department chair meeting, so I've got to see some faces today. Got to do a little yard work, just trying to stay busy and not go crazy while we're all stuck inside. So, a um, couple things up on the podcast today. Just going to give just a short, short, short update about um, communication, um, especially regarding our online learning that is beginning next week. I know a lot of you are getting overwhelmed with the amount of messages, amount of communication between uh, the district, between our school, between each of your individual teachers. Um, and I just want to let you know that... Um, yeah, that's kind of our bad. Uh, we wanted to communicate as much as possible um, without really understanding that um, that's kind of driving people crazy right now. So I want to talk about that for a couple minutes. Uh, I want to read the next chapter of Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. Uh, I have a couple things that have made me smile over the last 24, 48 hours, um, and then we'll kind of just wrap things up for today. I'm bringing this one in the afternoon. Um, give people something to listen to this evening. I may try to make a couple videos for the YouTube channel uh, here in a couple days, but my Chromebook has been having some issues with the camera um, and the sound on there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But yeah, man, thank you guys for listening. We are closing in on 350 individual listens to the podcast um, over all of the episodes combined. So I am super excited um, about that. Numbers just kind of keep growing. So uh, I'm glad I've had a lot of parents reach out um, and just say they've they've enjoyed it. A lot of students as well. So thank you guys. Uh, Sit back, relax and enjoy episode seven of Chambers FM. All right, everyone. So our update for today um, is mostly going to pertain to communication. Um, I know I have been spamming you with uh, remind messages, especially regarding this podcast right here. A couple of other things. I have sent out messages through Skyward. I have emailed individual people. Today, um, I reached out to my second period. Uh, Mr. Davis, Ms. Norris, Ms. Blowers have asked us to contact our second period students to make sure that they are receiving updates to make sure that they are set technologically we are trying to get chromebooks and internet hotspots to people who do not have them while we um, proceed with this online learning stuff that the district has in store for us so we just want to make sure that everyone has what they need in order to work during this time so if your teachers reach out um, especially your second period teacher reaches out make sure they uh, they hear back from you Um, But I know that all of your teachers are trying to communicate with you, sending all sorts of work and assignments and various things for you to look at, work on, read, watch, listen to, all sorts of stuff. And I know that is super overwhelming. Um, I am overwhelmed right now with the amount of information I am receiving from the district, having to try to keep up with what's happening with the governor's office, which what, what... is happening nationally um and and so there's just a lot of people that we have to listen to we have to watch the news um we have to pay attention to emails we have to i'm on youtube i'm on twitter just trying to get updates as quick as possible i know tarrant county fort worth have issued some shelter in place lockdowns um 
Dallas, I, uh, not Dallas ISD, Dallas County did as well. Um, so I'm just trying to pay attention to local officials as well as just keep everyone posted. So uh, y'all, I know communication is uh, just overflowing right now and it may seem like there is a lot of things coming from a lot of directions. Um, understand that your teachers, your district, we just want everyone to be aware of what's going on. Um, but, but I am aware that that is a lot. So I will probably start um, scaling back my communications, so to speak. Um, I'm obviously going to be available, um, but I will probably be uh, doing a little bit more just waiting and, and hearing from individuals um, about what questions they're having, about the issues that are concerning them at the time, and then responding like that. Um, I'll keep doing the podcast still. I want to keep making some YouTube videos, um, but in terms of remind messages with information, um, in terms of email with very text heavy um, statements on there, I'll probably try to just scale back just a little bit. Um, Many of you parents out there have multiple children on multiple campuses. Some of you have children in multiple districts. Um, I'm sure you are receiving just a ton of information from a ton of people and places right now. So um, I, I want to apologize if I have overdone it, so to speak. But I think most of your teachers, their hearts are in a good place. And they just wanted to make sure just to reach out just to touch base um, for anyone out there. So again, if communication is just overbearing right now, man, just let me know. Um, and we can we can definitely scale that back. So we talked about on the update yesterday that our online learning stuff is going live on Monday, March 30th. So next Monday. Um, So this week, your teachers are finishing up adding things to their Google Classrooms or their Canvases. Um, Hopefully they have reached out. Hopefully you know what the game plan is for all of your core classes at this time. Your math, your science, social studies, and English. Hopefully you are aware of what it is that you're going to be expected to do. For the most part, you should get assignments from your teachers at the beginning of the week with the notification that they will be due Friday at 11.59 p.m. Um, We know that you are not in class. We are not going to try to give you 45 minutes worth of work a day for each class to work on. That's completely unrealistic. Many of you are sharing devices. Um, Bandwidth is uh, limited. Some of you are trying to do all of this stuff from a cell phone, which is incredibly difficult. Um, So at least in my class, I'm shooting to try to get like 30 minutes worth of work a couple times a week. Many of you who have been working since the beginning of the six weeks and have been in the newest Google Classroom are already like halfway done. I have a couple people who have already finished everything. Um, Those people keep reading, keep doing your stuff, but mostly focus on your other classes right now. Um, I want to reiterate grades are not being counted in Skyward, but I will still add grades and comments and feedback um, on everything that gets turned in in Google Classroom um, starting on Monday. Um, I've, I just want to wait till Monday before that process starts um, just so I am in compliance with the district and what they kind of want from me. So um, that is why there's not been grades entered in there or into Skyward since we have been out. Um, I did not want to um, just start that process until Monday really got going. So again, as always, I am available. Hit me up on Remind, send me an email, um, comment on something in Google Classroom, whatever you need to do to get a hold of me. Um, But if I don't hear from you, um, I I kind of am assuming at this point that you're okay. I've checked in on a couple people individually just to to see how we're doing, especially those people um, that I met with and talked with a little more closely. So um, I mean, if you need anything regarding my class, regarding another class, 
um, mental health wise, um, you know, I'm the Hope Squad advisor. I'm there for anyone who is struggling mentally. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are hurting right now. Um, this isolation stuff is, uh, is bad, but I am just very thankful that the sun is out these last couple days. It's been really nice getting out, just going for a walk um, in the morning, doing a little yard work, just getting out, seeing the sun, um, hearing the birds, smelling the flowers, all that stuff. So that is the update for today's episode of the podcast. Stick, uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. today's reading of Look Both Ways, we will head on over to chapter 7. We're going to head on over to Nestle Street, and the title for this chapter is Satchmo's Master Plan. Today, after school, Satchmo Jenkins worked out a master plan to save his life, a plan he'd wished he'd come up with a long time ago. It started back when Satchmo was bit He was seven years old and the Rottweiler was 32 years old, which was old enough for him to know better, Satchmo had thought. The dog had taken a chunk out of the back of Satchmo's leg, left teeth marks that scarred in the shape of a sad face. It was a freak accident, a moment that no one could have predicted because Satchmo Jenkins never ever missed. Whenever a ball was thrown towards him, he was sure to snatch it from the air. He was known for this, but when Clancy had told him to go along and heaved the football into the air, Satchmo had tried his best to extend his body, stretched out for it, but it was just beyond him, overthrown. And when the ball hit the ground, it took the worst possible bounce right into Miss Adams' yard, where Brutus the Rottweiler lived, chained to a tree. When the ball tumbled Brutus's way, he jumped up, tail like a stubby index finger wagging hard enough to knock him off balance, nosed the ball and tried to get his mouth around it, tried to get his teeth locked down on the pigskin. But Brutus' excitement got the best of him, and he ended up knocking the ball just past the length of the chain, restraining him. Perfect for Satchmo. Yo, Satch, Clancy had called. Hurry up and get it before Miss Adams sees you. Miss Adams was Brutus's owner, an older lady who sat in the window and watched the neighborhood, making sure no one stepped foot in her yard, as if her grass was a different kind of grass, like she had it flown in from wherever mean people get grass from. Sometimes she'd have the window wide open, even when it was freezing cold, and she'd just be sitting there, looking, the bottom of her mouth sagging from the tobacco she always had stuffed down in her lip. Sometimes she'd spit black juice loogies halfway across the yard, clean pellet-sized ones, like shooting bullets out of her mouth. Other times she'd spit in a jar. The rumor was that she'd mix that tobacco slime with Brutus's food, make him extra mean, make sure anyone that came into her yard knew they were dealing with a beast who could only be held by a big bull chain wrapped around a fat trunk tree. And when she saw Satchmo, instead of doing the old lady wave and, hey, how's your mother? Like some of the other grown-ups in the neighborhood, Miss Adams just nodded slightly. <clears throat> Satchmo had always imagined the inside of her house was like an old boxing gym, that it was bare and cold and smoky, heavy bags hanging from the ceiling that Miss Adams gave bare knuckle jabs and right hooks to. Maybe she even kicked them, kneed them, some elbows. Sometimes Satchmo even thought that maybe he had it all wrong, that maybe Brutus wasn't Miss Adams' guard dog, but instead, she was Brutus's guard lady. She was there to protect the dog, to bite anyone who tried to get close to him with those black stained teeth. Satchmo had looked to see if Miss Adams was sitting in the window, then glanced back at at Clancy, who shook his head no, as in, no, she ain't there, 
as in, yes, you should do this, as in, hurry up. So Satchmo tipped off the street and onto the sidewalk, then off the sidewalk and into the yard of Brutus Adams, a basketball-headed Rottweiler, black, the heart of brown around his mouth. Hey there, Brutus, Satchmo whispered, creeping towards the football. There was nothing to fear, because the ball was far enough away from the dog that there was no way Brutus could get to him. But with each step, Brutus's tail would wag harder and harder, wagging like yes, 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 and no, no, no at the same time. Wagging like, I'm happy to see you and I want to play, but we play different games. You never miss. Me either. Wagging like... Satchmo picked up the ball, wiped the slobber on his jeans. Finders keepers. He held the ball up, a sign of victory for Clancy to see. Clancy put his hands in the air as if Satchmo had just received, retrieved the fumble. Victory. Wag. Wag. Wag, 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 wag. Panting, jumping, jumping, barking. Losers. Runners. Satchmo glanced over his shoulder, and Brutus, now more excited than ever, was charging towards him, the chain snatching him back, but only for a second before he tried again, lifting up on his hind legs and towering over Satchmo, who had now started running back towards the street. But it was too late. The game had already begun, and seconds later the chain snapped, and Brutus came blasting towards Satchmo. Satchmo was named after Louis Armstrong, a famous jazz musician his grandmother loved. The story goes that Louis, sorry, Louis was nicknamed Satchmo because he had such a big mouth a satchel mouth. However, Satchmo Jenkins' mouth wasn't big at all, but he learned that day that it could be a trumpet if he needed it to. It could stretch and honk and run up and down a scale as long as there was a dog making him run up and down a street. Four years later, Satchmo moved from his old neighborhood to Marlowe Hill after his mother had taken a job as an office assistant at a veterinary clinic. Satchmo's run-in with Brutus had sparked a new dream of being a vet, and though she'd have to go through years of school and training to make that happen, she looked at this job, this move, as a step in the right direction. And now that she worked close to animals, she made sure Satchmo knew how to handle himself around dogs. But no matter what his mother said, no matter what she taught him, it didn't matter. Fear had clamped down on his brain and the scars on the back of his leg, the raised dots and dashes like Morse code on his skin, served as a reminder that dogs were dangerous. He'd heard people say, if they got teeth, they'll bite. And he watched his mother push back and argue against that. And on the flip side, he'd seen all the commercials of sad pups locked behind cages, sick and shivering, and the voice of some celebrity trying to convince people to adopt one. And he'd say, sometimes out loud, maybe they're in there for a reason. His mother didn't like that either. Your bite was a misunderstanding, Satch she'd say. He wanted to play, but you got tense, so then he got tense because your tension made it clear to him that you weren't playing. Why would I want to play when he was barking and growling? His play play looked like bite bite. But small dogs didn't bother him, as long as they were no bigger than a football he could deal. Anything bigger caused his back to tighten, made his heart bark. Thankfully, since living in Marlowe Hill, his walks home had been dogless. Until yesterday. Yesterday, he was walking down Nestle Street when he passed Mr. Jerry's house and saw something out of the corner of his eye. Something big and furry. It darted across the patch of grass Mr. Jerry had along the side of his house, blocked off by a chain-linked fence. 
Sachmo's stomach dropped to his feet, his throat twisted like twines making rope. He turned his head to see what he, he knew he'd already seen, to make sure that his first thought and peripheral vision hadn't lied. Mr. Jerry had gotten a dog. Mr. Jerry's wife had passed away a few months ago. A week later, Satchmo stood with his mother at Mr. Jerry's front door, a house plant in his hand. His mother was holding a pound cake she'd made him as a way to say, sorry for your loss. And Satchmo wished the pound cake was enough and that his mother didn't have to keep talking and suggest Mr. Jerry get a dog, adopt one from a shelter. Pound cake, not a dog from the pound, Satchmo thought. Lose a life, save another, his mother said to Mr. Jerry sweetly. To take mine, Satchmo had thought. Mr. Jerry said, no, 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 said he wasn't ready. Guess he was ready now, and not for a small one, not for a furry football, but for a big husky thing that looked like it was mixed. Some German shepherd, some Labrador, some Rottweiler, some monster that Satchmo wasn't sure was there or not, but decided it was so. That was all he needed to see to start devising plans, escape routes. Today, after school, Satchmo Jenkins left his last class of the day, math, and headed to his locker in a haze. He opened it, swapped out the books, and stuck his head in his locker for a moment to take a few deep breaths to get himself together. This walk home was going to be a big one, one that he hoped wouldn't result in him adding a smiley face scar on his other leg. Satch catch, John John Watson called out, touching it tossing a textbook at Satchmo, who looked up at just the right time to not be hit in the face. He blocked the book with his hands, then tried to grab a hold, tried to catch it, fumbling, fumbling, fumbling it before it hit the floor. You left it in Miss Stevens' class, John John said. He pulled a few random sandwich bags from his pocket, folded them awkwardly, and then stuffed them back down. Oh, good looks, Satchmo said, trying to snap himself out of it, or at least pretend he was never snapped into it. Lifesaver. No problem. John John said before hustling off. Satchmo picked the book up, tossed it in the air, caught it. A small piece of paper slid out from between the pages, an invitation to Cynthia Sauer's comedy show. But Satchmo was in no mood for laughing. He tossed the book in the air again, caught it again, before putting it in his bag and closing the locker door. Snap. After he got outside, headed towards the corner, made the ride on portal as if walking towards Chestnut Street, but making the right onto Nestle before getting to Chestnut, he started running down his game plan, amping himself up for the mission. That's what this was for him. A mission. Okay, Satch, you're prepared. You thought it all through. You will not get bit. You will not get eaten. Breathe, Satch, breathe. And work it all out. If the dog jumps the fence, when the dog jumps the fence, don't panic. Just do what you've planned. Break to the right. If Mr. Jerry's pickup truck is parked on the street, jump into the back of it and scream for help. That's the first base. That's your go-to. But if, for some reason, Mr. Jerry's truck isn't there, if for some reason he's out, I don't know, saving other dogs while his neighbors run for their lives, then keep going right onto the Carter's property. You won't have time to ring their doorbell, plus Mr. and Mrs. Carter will be at work, so run behind their house. They have a pool. It's not a big pool, and actually you've never even seen it, but you remember your mother talking about how all the neighbors are gossiping about how they are putting a pool in their backyard, in this neighborhood. And she was saying it like she wasn't gossiping too, so if there's actually a pool back there, dive in. Don't worry about how deep it is. You can swim. Just jump in there. Hopefully the dog won't even follow you back there, but if it does, maybe it won't jump in the pool. But if for some reason it does jump in, 
you jump out immediately. The thing is, dogs have to do that ridiculous doggy paddle thing, so they can't be vicious and do that at the same time. They also can't be that fast. They're dogs, not seals. So when you hop out, you'll have a head start before the dog gets to the other side of the pool and climbs back onto land. Use this time to jump the fence. Your mother says the carters put up to keep Miss Winston's little kids from playing in their pool that we're not sure exists. But the fence is there, you know that. It's not too high, but get a running start because you're going to be soaking wet. If you still can't get over, then quickly, as quickly as possible, take off your shirt and pants and shoes and try again. Sure, you need your clothes, but you need your life more. Your mother will understand and you'll get over the embarrassment of being outside in your underwear. Once you're over the fence, you should be safe because the dog should be too tired from all the swimming to jump the fence, but it's going to try. And while it's trying, you better be booking it back to the street and home. But if for some reason, when you get back to the street, the dog is there waiting for you, man, you might be dead. No, 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 no. If for some reason, the dog is there waiting for you, break off and jump on that old car that's been sitting in front of Sadani's house. After Sidani had his car stolen a few years ago, he only ever buys old crappy cars that he can't get working, so he won't mind you jumping on the hood. And if the dog jumps on the hood with you, climb to the roof. The dog should slip on the windshield some, but don't count on that. While he's slipping and sliding, jump off the car and see if it's unlocked. Sidani never locks the doors of those cars because he knows they're impossible to start and therefore impossible to steal. If it's open, jump in, close the door. This is a safe place because you don't need to turn the car on to roll the windows down. It will have the old kind of window roll downer. Crack the window and scream until help comes. But if for some reason the door is locked, pull the sausage patties you saved from this morning's breakfast out and fling them like frisbees. If the dog doesn't go for them, no really, who wouldn't? Then you'll have to break out your routes, your zigs and zags, just like back when you and Clancy pretended to be in the Super Bowl, him the quarterback and you the wide receiver. Where do you think Clancy is? What do you think he's doing right now? Throwing Hail Marys? Running the opposite way? Not helping his teammates? Why didn't he chase Brutus? Why didn't he tackle him? If he would have tackled him, you would have barked at it, growled at it, so it knew what that felt like. Not important right now. What's important is making sure you have your zigs and zags ready. Be prepared to cut left and cut right, stutter and juke, stagger and jerk. He has four legs and you have two. There's no way the dog will be able to keep up, right? Well, maybe the more legs, the better. Who knows, but do it anyway. Zig and zag all the way home. When you get to your house, run around to the side door that you left unlocked this morning, knowing your mother will kill you if she knew you left the door unlocked because y'all don't have a guard dog or an alarm system. If for some reason, some strange reason, that side door is locked, well, Satchmo, you'll just have to pray for a miracle, a distraction. Something crazy, like a school bus falling from the sky. This is what Satchmo told himself, that he was ready to execute the master plan to save his life as he approached Mr. Jerry's house. Satchmo had purposely walked on the other side of the street to give himself a little bit of an advantage. No need to bait the beast. As he slinked past Mr. Jerry's front door, coming up on his side yard, Satchmo's backbone became rawhide, his stomach a squishy chew toy, his palms wet, but his fingers dry like dog treats when he heard the bark. Well, not really a bark, but the gruff voice of an old man. Satch! Satch! Mr. Jerry was calling out for him. He was kneeling behind the fence, rubbing the dog's head. 
its tongue slapping the old man's cheek. No bite bite. Love, love. Satch, come here, Mr. Jerry said, his face a touchdown dance all its own. I want to introduce you to my friend. All right, everybody, that does it for Chapter 7 of Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. Tune back in tomorrow, and we should have Chapter 8 ready for you. Thank you. For today's Made Me Smile segment of the podcast, um, I just wanted to shout out my next-door neighbor, um, they, they left a card on our porch yesterday, just checking in, um, offering to go out if we needed anything, just checking in and just making sure we're okay doing the neighborly thing. Um, I don't, I, I haven't, I moved in about a year ago, so I haven't, I don't know them very well. We've met, we've spoken a couple of times, but it's mostly just a kind of wave. I wave to them. They wave back kind of deal. We're not, um, I wouldn't consider us friends. I would definitely consider us very neighborly. Um, so it was just really surprising receiving the card from them. Um, and then in the card, they mentioned that, um, she was, uh, baking some banana nut bread to kind of just give out to people. She was making some for some elderly neighbors down the street and asked if we wanted, um, a loaf of that as well. And we kindly accepted, we thanked them. Um, we got it today. Um, so that, that is kind of what is something that made me smile over the last couple days. Just, uh, people who you, I don't know at all reaching out just to make sure that we are doing okay. Um, it just reminds me of just being a good neighbor, just checking in on people, even those people that you don't know super duper well. Um, like I said, I, we, we hadn't talked to them more than a dozen times. And so I just thought that was really cool for them to reach out and, and offer to do something like that. Um, I've also had several students reach out over the last couple days through Remind, through email, um, and just saying hi, just checking in, asking questions. A lot of people are getting work done, um, and we technically haven't even begun the online portion of this uh, personalized learning venture that we're all about to kind of undertake. So um, I just, I thought that was really cool. I just, it was nice to hear from some people, even if it's just questions, even if it's just, hey, Mr. Chambers, uh, this question on my vocab test didn't mark it right. Um, I just, I just have been enjoying hearing from you guys. So uh, that's what made me smile over the last couple days. Thank you guys for listening. We should be back with another segment tomorrow's podcast. Take care. That is going to just about do it for this episode of Chambers FM. Thank you, everyone who tuned in to listen. Um, I've been really enjoying making the podcasts. I think I may make um, a couple other episodes, quote unquote episodes, um, of just some me just reading some full books. Uh, A, I have just been really liking reading for people. I grabbed a couple books um, on the last day I was able to go up to school just for um, some things for me to read. And then I realized that other people may want to listen as well. Um, I brought Dry by Neil Shusterman, um, which is uh, (laughs) becoming more and more relevant as the days pass. Um, I also have a couple other Jason Reynolds books as well as Into the Wild um, and Should this extended closure last us until the sixth six weeks. Um, I did bring home the book that typically we have all read as a class together, Sleeping Freshmen Never Lie. Um, and if that's the case, I will read those chapters. I'll put them out um, and, and hopefully we can still 
as a class read that book together because it's a pretty good one especially for people who are leaving and going off to high school so um again that should just about wrap us up today if you have any questions feedback suggestions anything at all feel free to get in touch with me contact with me um, the app on here allows me to have other people join the podcast. So if anyone is just interested, just dying to come on, have your voice heard, let me know. We'll see if we can work something out. All right, guys. Chambers out.